Welcome to the Advisor Insight Podcast, where we provide informative, insightful content for financial planners and advisors to help you grow and develop your business, your knowledge, and your client base. I'm your host, Andrew Sheena, and today we've got a really beneficial and practical episode that will certainly be of interest to anyone who wants to improve how they market and promote themselves and their business. Today we're speaking to Faith Liversedge, who is a branding consultant for financial advisors, or as you like to say, Faith, I think a storyteller, which I think is a lovely way of, of explaining and uh, describing what you do. And just to get us started, can you give us an overview of how you work with financial advisors, uh, what type of advisors you work with, and what you do with them? Yes, sure. Um, well, thanks very much for having me. Um, and yes, thanks for describing me as the storyteller. So yeah, I am a consultant, but also um, a doer of the marketing. So I work with small financial advisor companies, financial planners, um, medium-sized ones as well, and also a sm- small group of larger providers as, as a consultant. Okay. Um, but with the advisors and the planners, um, it's consultancy plus web create, website creation, brand development, um, blog content, social media posts, that sort of thing. Um, so it's a bit of both. So I'm in the financial services space. So I've got in-depth um, knowledge and experience, having worked for different providers such as um, Standard Life, Royal London, uh, Prudential, and then latterly Rap Platform, Nucleus. Um, so I've got the um, experience of that. And then obviously the um, more recent experience of working actually with advisors and planners um, in helping them to communicate their message, which is an intricate message to communicate it's not something that you can sum up in one word um so there's a bit more of a need for it now um so that's where my sort of niche has fallen really because there's there's a huge demand for something that's a bit more personable a bit more approachable in the marketing space for financial advisors and planners yeah absolutely and i think that that was what i was going to ask how did how did the need for it come about what did you see in the marketplace that triggered uh, you getting into this side of it Yeah, I think it was when I was um, working at Nucleus, really, that I was sort of working closely with advisors and understanding more about their businesses and also within the context of RDR and the changes and the sort of what's happening in in the world, really, in society. And the fact that financial advice industry is so far behind a lot of other industries, and yet they're dealing with um, an important topic that everyone has to approach at some stage, their retirement um, their savings, their life plans. There's a huge, obviously, there's a huge advice gap. There's a huge um, need for advice, especially for people in the baby boomer demographic. And then what happens to their children? What happens to those children's children? Um, and obviously, there's a huge um, development in terms of DIY investing and robo advice. But there's obviously a, a wild difference between that and actually financial planning and financial coaching. Um, but there's this huge lack of. Um, personable marketing that is what you find in other industries everyone else is doing this kind of you know human storytelling thing which is a bit of a cliche actually um so i was a bit worried about whether to call myself a storyteller because it's a bit of a content marketing thing um (laughs) but in the financial advice industry it's 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 brand new it's kind of this it's new idea of you know how do i talk about myself as an approachable human being not just someone who's going to sort someone out with a pension it's a brand new concept but there's a huge um, gap for that sort of communication Mm. storytelling absolutely sorry but there's a whole a whole load of um messages that you could weave from that um and i think the other thing just to kind of gabble on and not let you interrupt with a question (laughs) because i'm in my flow now um 
but also it was sort of the need for this this perception of advice being a completely different thing to what it actually now is um yeah. and i think advisors really struggle with that quite understandably because they're kind of developing their proposition they're at the cutting edge they're at the uh, the ones i work with anyway are kind of evolving their practices into something quite modern and mm. that's great but even if you have the most enlightened client they're never going to understand that in the first instance. So at the point at which they're coming to see an advisor, they're always just going to know, have I got enough money? And so you have to kind of ease people into what financial advice and planning actually is. There's a lot more to Mm. it than that. And you have to have marketing for that because otherwise they're not going to understand why it's so expensive and why it continues to cost as much as it does. So, um, that's how I justify it anyway. <laughs> but I think that more and more people do realize that that is necessary. It's not just marketing isn't just a nice to have. It's not just a sort of um, pretty logo anymore. There's something actually quite necessary about it. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I think from a lot of the advisors that I've worked with in the past, and the more you learn about the industry, the more important it is for advisors to educate their clients uh, as a key aspect of not only their marketing, but their ongoing management of those clients. And that's quite a difficult thing to do in, a, in an area that is very technically uh, proficient. And so it's finding that right balance between being technical and between explaining things in the right way. Mm-hmm. So I, I can understand that. And do you think that's it's required even more so now with the developments that they've had in the industry over the last few years? I mean, you touched on RDR, um, but mm. the industry has changed, I think, hugely in the last probably 10 years or so yes yeah i mean you've got things like db transfers which is now suddenly something that um affects a a demographic that didn't used to have to go and see an advisor for so it's things like that that are really kind of changing things and there's a whole new world of people who have their hang-ups about seeing someone who's going to be helping them with this you know fairly complicated um dry topic that they don't really know much about and they feel embarrassed about not knowing much about they don't know whether to trust this person they could be flogging them this that and whatever um it's it's a big it's a big sort of thing to get right in terms of the marketing and like you say there's this technical aspect to it which is completely at odds with the touchy-feely aspect in a way if you're Mm. talking about sort of behavioral coaching and planning and all of that side of things it's not at all what what a client would expect and it's obviously great when they get in there and they get that treatment um, but at the point at which they're coming to see an advisor, all they want to know about is, are you going to rip me off? Can you um, tell me that I'll be all right in old age? And it's sort of like yes. not really um, in, well, it's obviously related to the goals and the value setting and all the rest of it. But to a client, it's a million miles away at the point at which the advisor is explaining what they do for them. So when I speak to advisors, they do say it's a lot like um, counseling. And it is, I have had that similar um, experience myself um, but you know as a client you would never expect that you're going to come up to an advisor's office and they might have tissues on the table and you might look at that and think what is it that you're going to ask me like what, <laughs> what, what's this all about it's, um, yeah. it's something a lot more in-depth to it that you can't really sum up in a slogan or a tagline um, and that's when the kind of the storytelling comes into it yeah that's that's an interesting thing because one thing that I've noticed when I read your emails is that they often use, I guess, a seemingly unrelating but engaging narrative to make a, a broader point. And that, I think, is a very engaging way of, of I guess, for want of a better word, storytelling. Uh, how, how do you think, how does that translate to financial advice? Mm, that's a really, really great question. 
Um, and I think that's sort of what's lacking in the marketing of this um, industry at the moment. It's the sort of the, the fact that, I mean, money is, is an extremely exciting topic when you think about all the dramas and all the soaps and all the films that are really <laughs> all the storylines that are kind of revolve around money in some form. And yet people don't equate that same, obviously the same excitement with going to see their financial advisor. Um, but when you think about it in those terms and you think about the sort of the broader topics that engage people and get people fired up yeah. about themselves and then try and weave it into what you do. And there is, there is a lot that can, be, that can be connected to it if you think about it, but you have to kind of think about the topic, think about what it is that you and as an advisor are really providing for your clients in real depth and detail. And then once you pick out all of those benefits and think about all the things that your clients talk about after they've been through the process and the things that they've helped them with, which they never thought they would get help from, from an advisor. <laughs> that's the sort of the meat, that's the sort of um, substance that you want to be communicating in your storytelling to other people so they can start to understand it. Um, right. And if you, and you can approach it from that angle. So it's like, it's getting the human element to it. So, you know, you, you transform someone's life or you enable them to retire early and leave a job they hated or whatever. There's those kinds of stories, but there's also the kind of the broader things that everyone wants to do as well. Like every, you know, who wouldn't want to retire early from a job they hate? Yeah. So it's about thinking about those big themes and how those universal themes, which excite everyone actually tie into what you do. Um, and some of my emails, the, the connection is very thin. <laughs> Sometimes it's very obvious and you can be as obvious or as not obvious as you like. And that's where the skill mm. of storytelling comes in because once you do that, once you're consistent and you're displaying that content a lot, you can really kind of weave in all sorts of themes and all sorts of angles. And some of it, like I say, will be more directly sales related. And other times it might not be obvious at all as to why you're talking about this, this topic. Um, but taken in the round with the rest of your collateral, people will start to see what it is that you're talking about. And you're allowed to sort of, yeah, you, you, I think I keep saying this lately, actually, you have to repeat things seven times before people understand them. <laughs> So if you repeat them in a different way all the time and you're telling those yeah. stories, but in completely different ways, like I say, sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's not, then I think that means that you can get away with doing that because you're always going to come back to similar themes. And as long as those themes are obvious, um, then that's what will help you with your kind of strategy in a way and your, your plan. Yeah. So I guess you have to do quite a lot of digging when you're working with an advisor for the first time to really get to the core and the essence of what message they want to get across and mm. I won't say it again but the story that they want to tell <laughs> with with relation to their business and the service they provide um, to get to the right communication. Yes that's it and, and, and a lot of the time it's, it's actually a really nice process for the advisor because they haven't looked at their business in that way before or well mm. not for a while anyway um, and I didn't realize this but I've had that from quite a few clients that I work with and they've said I feel so much better about my business now and I've actually feel re-inspired about what I do because they've seen oh, wow. it from that kind of external way of them describing it to me has reminded them about what it is that they actually do. And it's, it's like us all, when we're doing our jobs, we just do them and we don't really think anything of them because we're just doing them. We don't sort of wake up every day thinking, gosh, I'm amazing. Um, <laughs> but, when, but when you sort of describe it to people in depth and I go through a series of questions with people and ask them you know, how they got to where they are um, yes. what they love about their business, what their clients say they love about the things that they do, um, what they would love to do more of, what kind of business they would like prefer to do a bit more of. 
um, and talk about sort of their clients in depth and what places they are at when they come to see the advisor and what the advisor typically does for them and what the sort of surprising feedback is that people get that they didn't think their advisor was going to do for them. And all of those sorts of questions prompt all of these things. And I think when I send the questions to help, to help people prepare, they sort of, a couple of people have said, oh, I'm just, I'm sorry, I don't have any of this. Like I don't have a mission statement. I don't have any values. Mm. I don't have a tagline. Um, and they feel sort of a bit worried about it. But then when we get talking about it, they actually come out with these things that are the, the nuggets, the golden yeah. sort of lines that are, that's what makes you different. That's what people say about you. That's why you do what you do. And that's why you get out of bed every morning. And coming back to that Simon Sinek, why thing, you know, why do you do what you do? And it's about having that yeah. conversation where you can pull back and think bigger picture about it. And then you look at what you do and you think, blimey, I actually do an amazing job. And I can see now why it affects people in that way. And yeah. oh, right, I do it every day, you know, day in, day out. But these clients are consistently saying these things to me and um, you can't really argue with that. So yeah, it's a hugely invigorating thing for an advisor to go mm. through, although I say to myself, um, but for me, it is, about, <laughs> it is about digging. So yeah, so that's one part of the digging. And then I find out what it, what, what the hook is sort of sniff that out um, because yeah. lots of sort of, you know, advice is, is similar, but there'll always be something that makes you different. And that comes down to your sort of your personality as an advisor, if nothing else. Um, and so it's about digging that out and then it's about building your story around that. So whether you start with a tagline, an intro paragraph, and then build that out into, you know, web copy and the sorts of messages that you want to talk about, the sorts of values that you have that support you as a business. And then I sort of substantiate all that by talking to actual clients of the advisor. So okay. three typical clients. Yeah. So that's, that's really helps me actually, because, and what's great about that is that obviously the client will reiterate what's it, what the advisor has said, but in a completely different way. Um, and that's another great thing the advisor loves to read back is their client feedback because they might never have had that conversation or they might never have had that kind of detail come back to them from their client because it would be too close because we're all, you know, have this British stiff upper lip and we don't like to say nice things to people because it's very <laughs> embarrassing. But talking to a third party like me, people will be quite open and they'll be quite come out with some really moving yeah. stuff, actually. Um, and I remember sending a few of these case studies to an advisor who said, blimey, I didn't realize that the client had picked up on the fact that I had done that CGT saving for them because they were using those exact phrases and they didn't know that they'd taken that level of detail on. And, you know, obviously that meant that it meant a lot to them. Um, and also they didn't realize, yeah. you know, these things that the, the client had felt actually about the process. So that can be really invigorating. So yeah, amongst all of those activities, I come up with quite a lot of detail, quite a lot of story, quite a lot of content mm. that really helps to shape the story of what the advisor's service is all about and what makes them different and why people go to them. So that's the process. Yeah, because it, it's, we obviously think about the industry in a often technical sense, but the way you've just described it there, when communicating to advisors, sorry, when advisors are communicating to clients, it's a much more personal thing. And it's yes. a much more emotional thing. Yes. So it's important to get to that essence of it and communicate that to potential clients. And from, from what you've said, the feedback from clients is, is tends to be much more on that side. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Hardly anyone ever talks about um, sort of the nitty gritty. They always talk about the advisor as the person because people buy people. So they're always talking, mm. you know, if an advisor is part of a firm, for example, 
they hardly ever mention the firm name. They just talk about the advisor, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. That, and the fact that they're, you know, really good friends with them now, that comes up a lot um, because, okay. you know, having that intimate relationship means that their advisor's in their lives then. And, you know, they, yeah. they're so happy to sort of talk, talk to me about them because it, it's the least that they feel they can do because the advisor's done such a great job for them. And you really get a sense of this, this, this community that sort of builds up around um, the advisor from all of these clients. And then often I'll say, oh, it's, it's been great to speak to you. You've said similar things to other clients. And they're really fascinated by that because obviously no client meets another client. So they don't know whether <laughs> they've just had this one-off amazing experience and maybe their advisor yeah. is just like average the rest of the time. Um, but the, fa the fact that that's happened um, is something I, I actually mean to keep mentioning because it's, it's something that comes up a lot. Is, um, and that's where the sort of, um, it's nice to develop that community feeling through sending out an email to all of these um, clients and sort of telling clients about other clients in that way. Um, so developing that a little bit more is something that I'm looking at as well, because it's a nice way okay. for that to kind of spread the message and reiterate that, um, that it, that it's not just a one-off experience, that it is consistent yeah. um, for all clients yeah. that advisor. And you, you touched on there about the personality of the advisor. And one thing that I've often seen mentioned when discussing marketing for IFAs is the importance of getting across the personality and you buy the, the person more mm. than the firm or anything else. And is, is that down to, would you say, the buying behavior of consumers in financial services or what, what do you think? Why, why is that so important? Mm. I think it's because it's such... Um such a an intense process that they go through i think it's hard not to feel close to somebody when you've been through all of that kind of quite exposing um conversations you know whether it's you know um this is what i want to do with my life these are my finances this is what i'm worried about in terms of my children and then after that you know when you've built up that relationship it's it's about telling the advisor about things that are happening in your life that you that you do. So, you know, anecdotally, anything that will go on, um, hopefully you have that client relationship where the client will tell you something that's happened in their life that might or not, might not be relevant. Um, but hopefully it would be that channel of communication. And once you sort of set that up with somebody, I think that's where it comes from. And I think, I think this is the slight issue though, is that it's, it all makes perfect sense for a client who's been through it, but for someone who hasn't, they, they can't quite picture how, why is it going to be so you know, what am I going to get out of this? Why is it going to be so you're saying it's sort of, I'm going to get peace of mind and I'm going to get this and I'm going to get that. But what do you mean? You say that you care yeah. about people. And so that's why it's kind of important to demonstrate that with actual, keep coming back to the storytelling thing, but actual real experience and proof that this is actually how it works. It's, it's actually the, the money bit is the tiny part of it, but it's the emotional yeah. aspect of it. That's so key. And it's so individual. You can't really get that online you can't just click a button and expect mm. someone to get to know you in depth and get to sort out exactly what would be right for you um there's sort of no contest really there so it's about getting all of those messages out there and it is just so not what you'd expect it's in many ways completely the opposite you know you go and see someone with a spreadsheet and with all your policies um and you don't really expect to come out the other end with sort of a brand new vision for how you could live your life um, yeah. so it's about trying to convey that without sounding, um, like a sort of weepy film or something, <laughs> um, um, because some people might not want that, that might put them off. You know, it's, it's all very well that someone's experienced that, but if you're selling that to someone who's really just wants, you know, their pension sorted out or 
the DB transfer to to take place. It's it's like that's that's the transaction that I'm paying you for, and that's all I'm interested in. I don't want you to yeah. um, ask me so, you know questions about my family. Um, it might be you know you've got to think about what stage people are at before they come to you and what their experience of people like you has been in the past. And they might have that, or they might not, and they might have had a bad experience before. Um, they might have just, you know, got this impression that you're going to do something um, threatening to them. If they, if you, if they've given you all of this intimate information about your finances and everything, you know, it's a hugely vulnerable position to be in. Um, yeah. So there's all sorts of barriers to come across and to keep kind of um, helping people feel comfortable about those, even even at the point at which they've spoken to you once or twice already. Mm, no, that's it's definitely a very difficult balance to find in, in that communication. And we touched upon how the market's changed. Obviously, the last six months or so have seen a complete change in the working landscape due to COVID-19. How do you see how advisors communicate to existing clients and markets of prospective clients changing as a result of that? Mm, yes, it's changed hugely. I think advisors have suddenly sort of realized the, the need to do marketing in a completely, well, slightly different way, maybe a completely different way. If they've never done things like email their current clients before, for example, suddenly they've had to at least do that because um, they will have had to have given them some sort of comfort, comforting message, even if it was just one or two at the beginning of the crisis. Um, yeah. So that's sort of focused their minds on the need for that. And then I think it's made them think, um, well, actually, what should that be like? And it's, it needs to be a bit more nuanced and a bit more detailed. And then hopefully people are seeing the value in being more human and more approachable and talking about, you know, health and well-being of their clients and hoping that they're feeling OK and all of that sort of stuff, which was definitely the content that I was kind of creating for advisors at the beginning. And then after that, it was more about, OK, um, stick to your long term plan. Don't be um, dissuaded by um, the markets don't worry it's um, we, we have this in hand this is why you have this financial plan this is this is what the advice that piece I gave you was all about and then unpicking all of that I think it's shown the advisor that they can actually sell themselves a lot more easily because there's this context mm. for it now so it's actually given them a reason to say well this is why we put your plan together in this way because we asked you about your risk appetite and when you wanted to retire and we've already put all of those uh, lifeguards in place so that's what we did you might not remember or even if you remember it's definitely worth repeating so that's where a whole load of other threads of storytelling have come into the <laughs> fore from um from the the crisis because there's there's actually been a legitimate excuse to go back over all of that and say oh, by the way this is why you pay us for what we do because we've already factored all of this in and okay, we, never, we didn't see this coming at all and we can't see you know, things like that ever coming again. But look at the past, look at what's happened before, um, look to the future. This is a long-term strategy yeah. we've got. And if you're about to retire, we would have made you sure that you're safe anyway. So it's just been a, been a great opportunity, if that sounds, sounds, doesn't sound awful, um, to actually reinvigorate um, the, the messaging and to yeah. actually tell people something that is relevant to them and not just sort of start emailing them out of the blue, um, which, which would have been more difficult, I think. So hopefully now that advisors have started to do that more regularly, they can see the value of continuing to do that. Um, yeah. And in terms of prospects, that's a tricky thing because um, obviously there's a whole, there's great advantages to digital communications and Zoom and things. But when you're meeting someone for the first time, it's much better to be face-to-face -face in some ways and have the 
body language and the energy and to get to know that person much, much better. So there's a little bit of a compromise there, I would say. But balanced with that is the ability to get prospects from anywhere in the country and not to have mm -hmm. to travel and to actually use digital um, marketing a lot more efficiently, things like social media. Um, and so I think that's hopefully um, inspired advisors as well and helped them to see how they could actually spread um, the breadth, the scope of their business and also scale up and perhaps take on more clients than they could previously if they were having to drive um, to their homes and spend a lot of time commuting. Um, so I think it's thrown up a whole lot of really significant opportunities, um, even though, you know, you may not able to be able to meet someone face to face. But obviously you'd caveat that and say, you know, normally we would meet face to face yeah. and I hope to meet you in the future. Um, and maybe, you know, slightly have a slightly different onboarding process that um, takes in the fact that, you know, I'll do my very best to take in your your um, body language and all the rest of it. I mean, not that you'd say that, but, you know, there's obviously going to be some sort of understanding there from both parts that it's not perfect. Because yeah. um, I think the client would, I mean, it depends. The client might actually prefer not to have the advisor in front of them um, physically. Um, it might actually be more comforting to know that they're one of many people that they now Zoom um, because it's something yeah. they're a bit more au fait with. Um, and also the fact that, you know, the advisor might be Zooming them from their living room or something. It sort of breaks down that barrier immediately from something that might have been very cold yeah. and professional if they'd gone to a great big office or something, first of all. So I think there are swings and roundabouts to it. There are pros and cons. I think there's more pros because of the scale and because of the lack of geographical geographical restraint um but then i'm a marketer so i that's my <laughs> that's the way you think <laughs> that's the way i think no i think you're right and i think it's it opens up to a much more efficient way of working where where possible mm. and the majority of clients will have been and advisors will have been forced to use uh mediums such as zoom even those the majority of clients who are still working will be doing that for work and those who are retired will probably be doing it with their children and grandchildren mm. so it's become a much more used acceptable uh, widely used method to communicate so i think it does enable people to get things done a lot quicker uh, streamline the way that they work and i think as a result of that do you think that opens up any particular mediums that people need to use for their marketing that they may not have been before? Mm, I definitely think there's a, there's a place for now that we're used to um, video via zoom, I think video has taken on a, a more approachable um, feeling now. I think video before people would have thought of, um, you know, big camera crews and big things coming in and being very, very expensive, which is obviously still a great way of doing video, but there's all sorts of different ways you can do it. You can do screen recordings, you can do videos on your phone, you can do, What's that voice messages, not that's visual, but you know, all sorts of different angles yeah. that are more convenient for the client, like you say, much more on their terms. Um, there's all sorts of different ways of doing that. And, and then it's sort of moving into things like portals, but also in terms of marketing, using things like social media, definitely sort of a, using your email as much as possible. So I think email would be the first port of call, um, even though everyone sort of is down on email as being you know, not trendy and a bit annoying. But I think the advisor, the industry open rates for um, financial services emails are much, much better than, than the rest. I think people still really value hearing from their advisor in that format. It's just slightly yeah. different, I think. 
um, especially if you can send something that's interesting and relevant to your particular audience. Um, so I think it's about using email more for marketing and then building out of that. So why not use your email content in a blog and post that on your blog and get um, use that to help your website get better traction? And then why not then use snippets from that blog in social media posts? And then suddenly you've you've got a bit of a social media activity there. So suddenly you can you can get visible. Um, by using the same piece of content, not having to reinvent the wheel for every single different platform. But if you think about it as, well, I've got this really great email now, what else can I do with that? Yeah. And thinking about the different platforms you could use, then you suddenly widen your reach and you've got the possibility of getting a lot more eyeballs on your content then and, and of being found by a lot more people anywhere in the country um, just by doing those simple things. Right. So it sounds like the, the messaging and the positioning is still key. Yes. And then it's repurposing in different ways to widen your audience as much as possible. Yes, exactly. Well, that's very interesting. And I think what's been particularly useful for people to understand is how much depth you go into to actually pull out the essence of what an advisor's focus is, what their strategies, how they work with clients, where they add value to clients. And of course, as you said, you actually produce the content as well for them, which I would imagine is a huge challenge for advisors, especially those who are busy seeing clients. Mm. So that is a really effective way of helping them grow their business, helping them develop clients that they're working with, helping them develop new clients as well. So for some of our listeners, it'll be very interesting to see the different things that they can do, how they might look at developing their message for clients. Is there anything that you'd like to add before we wrap up in terms of things that would be useful for people to know? Yeah, I think so. I think just to kind of reiterate in case some of my babbling didn't make sense would be to say that um, to look at it from a client's point of view and say sometimes, you know, we're all so close to our businesses. We're so in, on top of them and we know what, what we do that's good. Um, when we go to a cocktail party, whatever, we'd give them our spiel and that's that. But actually thinking about it from a client's point of view and taking your head away and getting in the head of your client and thinking, okay, what do they really care about? What is mm -hmm. important about what I do from their perspective and sort of um, shaping everything from that format is a much, much easier way of thinking about, Oh, but I do this, and I do this. And you think, okay, calm down. You need to think about what is it that they care about on the homepage. It's great that you do all of these other things, but at the point that they're coming to see you, first of all, that's going to be too much. So you need to kind of just gradually tell them and just get it in the right order and think about it from a stranger's perspective um, and then that would help to sort of um, rationalize the content a little bit because I think it's sometimes overwhelming it certainly is for me when I'm thinking about my messaging and my website it's I just want to put everything in there and it's just it's never going to be uh, the right thing to do anyway because a no one reads it all um, in that much detail and they'll just take the points that they see on the, that website in an email plus a few other posts they'll sort of absorb that if they're, you know, on LinkedIn or on Facebook or whatever. And you just got to get the main bits across. And if you can drill down, first of all, and do that exercise and find out what is my hook, what does make me different? What is the main bit? And then keep that in mind whenever you're doing your messaging, then that, that would be the way forward. And just, yeah, just think about, uh, think about um, everything actually in terms of marketing as, as a punter, like what makes you click on yeah. things? What makes you read to the end of something? And that's obviously going to be interesting to you. So it's interesting to other people and try and see it from other people's perspective rather than your own. I say would, I would say would be the, the main tip I would give. 
Fantastic. That's really insightful, Faith. And I think that really adds a lot of value in terms of how people can apply that to their business and how they can reach more people. If people want to reach out to you to learn more about what you do or learn more about working with you, how can they get in touch with you? Yes, um, please do. Please sign up for my email, um, my weekly email, which goes out um, every Friday. And you can get that by going to a link called IWantFaithInMyInbox.com. Um, but you can also go to my website, which is um, faithlivercedge.com. And I'm on Twitter, um, LinkedIn and Instagram as well. Um, so please feel free to follow me there and yeah, get in touch. And I'd be happy to chat to anyone who um, would like to talk through any issues they've got or any questions. Um, that'd be no problem at all. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me today, Faith. No problem. Thank you for having me. If you'd like to hear more about different marketing strategies from Faith, I've added the places you can contact her in the show notes of the podcast. I definitely recommend taking a look, as she offers a lot of great content and guidance. Thank you for listening, and if you've enjoyed today's podcast, please do share with your colleagues and rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening. Check back next week as we'll have a brand new episode for you, and we'll see you next time.